Hello everyone, happy holidays. I hope you had a very Merry Christmas and I hope you have a great New Year. My name is Jakara Howard Jr. I am 18 years old and I'm just here sitting with my brothers and we're ready to speak some facts and talk to the people. What's going on everybody? I'm here with my brothers, my name is Elvin Smith. I'm 22 years old and we're just here to come and bring you perspective on life from our point of view. Whoa, it is your boy Jarris Holmes, and I'm 20 years old. I'm here with my brothers, and we're just coming to give y'all some information about life. Hey, how are you guys doing? My name is Nathaniel Lionel Carter. I'm 25 years old. I'm here joined today with my brothers, and we're just here to have a conversation about some subjects today. So, we're going to start with, you know, what's the proof and existence of God in your life? Well, with me, you know... The proof of God in my life, it don't just start with, you know, what I'm seeing every day, but it started off like kind of, I would say before me, really, you know, um, me, I'm not even supposed to be here, really. Like, to be honest with y'all, um, I'm supposed to be in the orphanage because I was like one more day in the hospital and I would have been sent to the orphanage. But some a miracle had happened and some protocols was broken and a phone call was made to some other relatives. So the proof of God in my life is... You know, just being where I'm at now, I mean, I'm in a blessed place. I don't have no worries. I got my brothers with me. So, you know, we, we, we good. I'm good. God is good. And he has really proven himself by just the people that surround me. So what about y'all? Um, I would have to say the grace and the gifts that God has given. Um, the things that go unnoticed and the things that you don't really notice in your life. The proof... Um, what the existence of God in my life would be that the gifts that he has given me and my family with. What happened with my mother and her kidney dialysis, I thought way back then that she would probably never get it or it would be a very long time until she got her transplant. But after the man of God preached to my family, just in the same night, she received the call to get the kidney and that's what really helped fuel my passion and my belief that there is a God. That was good. That was good. Um, for me personally, the proof and existence of God in my life, um, I believe it was still back to as I was growing as a child. Um, me personally, I've always been in church. I necessarily wasn't always interested in church, but my father had a, a, a prophetic grace. But when Things were truly, I truly began to begin exposed to God was when I got sick with COVID. Um, that for me, uh, it brought me closer to Him. And through that, I came to my current church, Choice International. And since then, I've just seen, heard, and experienced things. I've um, learned things about me, the gifts that He's given me. And that's just my experience and my proof of God. My proof of God um, existing in my life is simply in the year of 2019. I got the scars to um, to show y'all. I was ejected out of a two-door truck with um, two of my teammates. And when the ambulance brought me to the hospital, you know, and I was telling the person who worked there, I said, you know, because, you know, before you go, before you, they put you in the room, you got to talk to a person first. And when I was just telling her what happened, you know, I told her I got ejected out of the car. And she just was saying, you know, baby, if you would have got ejected out the car, you would have had way more marks on you. 
and it took until a police came with a police report to give me a no seatbelt ticket showing them that I had got ejected out the car. So you seeing me right now is just proof that God is real. And in our own ways, you know what I mean? It's, it's powerful. Like, God is here. Like, God is real. And, you know, like, I gotta agree with y'all, brother. You know, like, that's a scary thing getting ejected out of a car. Right. right? You know, like, it's that's really like, wow. Like, one moment you you cool and going down the road next. Right. It just hit. It's like, God, you, you showed up for me. Right. Like, you right. Were, and I kid you not, it's crazy you say that, bro, because the moment when I, when I opened my eyes after I was on the ground, and when I seen the parts of the car, you know, like the battery and the motor and all that above my head, when I seen all that above my head, I dropped back down on the ground instantly and I just started thanking God because he spared my life and he had to do it. Um, in my view, the meaning of marriage in my generation would be it's nowadays more of a convenience type thing. Um, simply... Um, for example, if someone that that reads the Bible, uh, you know, shagging up together, that's something that when I was growing up, my father used to always tell me, Yo, you know, that's not something you supposed you supposed to be doing. So if you get married, you can avoid that. Or simply being married because you have you made a baby out of wedlock or something like that, you know. Um, in the previous generation. That was something, you know, you got somebody pregnant, you got to marry that girl. So that's pretty much what I say is um, what I think about marriage in my current generation. It's crazy because, like, I heard some of that same stuff. Like, my mom always told me the same thing. Like, you know, if you stick around your hometown and you don't get out, get an education, and move out of state, like, you're going to just be like that. You know, you're going to get that girl pregnant and stuff. And it made me start thinking. It's like, you know, I really want to be married. So my views on marriage, it kind of changed from just like, oh, it's just somebody I'm with, to just like, okay, you know, now this is somebody I could build with. You know, if I want a million-dollar house, but you got a $100,000 mindset, how I'm going to marry you, you know? So my views on marriage is like, you know, our our lifestyles don't have to be the same because we could all change in a way, but you got to be able to commit be committed, be truthful, honest, and be able to work with that person through difficulties and stuff like that. So if you're really looking at marriage, then you're looking at working on yourself and then working with that person's problems and building. It's all about building, building. Can we build together? Can we work together? That's just my views on it, you know. I'm going to have to disagree with y'all a little bit. <laughs> I mean, obviously, y'all are a little bit older with that generation and everything. But for me, for my generation, I feel like marriage means little to nothing at this point. Um, with with my with growing up, me and my generation, a lot of people nowadays are into like hookup culture and just getting together just for the fun, yeah. for like they're there for a good time, not a long time type of thing, yeah. really. And with men statistically becoming, staying into more single relationships and not really marrying, it's just like people just don't really, aren't really worried about marriage that much anymore. It's just not, it's not their goal in life. The only, I've probably seen about two people get married that I know in my schools, in my high schools, like nobody, nobody's getting married. Nobody's in relationship with that more any much. They're just in the hookup culture. 
Right, and I and I gotta agree with you on that because, and the reason why it's like that because you know, our generation now uh, they don't they don't honor the principle of marriage, and when you don't honor the principle of marriage, the marriage can't go no it can't go nowhere, and that's just simple, you know. In my view of marriage, you know, it's supposed to be two people dropping down all their humanities, you know, sacrificing. Um, sacrificing for their partner, you know, just doing things for their partner, you know. So I agree with you 100% on that part because nowadays, you know, they got a lot of married people cheating on their partner. Yeah. So I agree with you on that. So and nowadays and, you know, the young generation that we live in, you know, it's tend to, you tend to break rules a lot, you know, do your own thing. So it, to be honest with you, like, you could, you don't have to, you get away with a lot of things without being married. You don't get a lot of chest outs as people who is married, to be honest with you. And I could support that. Like I could, like I could back up what y'all are saying. I understand that. But I feel like as you get older, your mind change. Like your thoughts change. You go from one, having one girl every week to, okay, now you just going to settle down with this one girl. It's going to cause so many problems, but you're going to work through it. So it's like... Yeah, you get freedoms and liberties being single, all that, that's fun. But, like, when the older you get and stuff like that, and you're ready to really settle down, you're really focusing on your financials, your, all right, my legacy, what's going to happen when I turn 35, well, I'm when you get to thinking like that, then you just be like, you know what, maybe I need to find somebody that can keep my mind on the right track, keep me focused and stuff. Right now, we're not really thinking about that because you're young, so you're really just all over the place because you're still trying to discover yourself. When you find yourself, I mean, finding a marriage, that's going to come natural. That's going to come easy. Like, if I could tell y'all anything, don't worry about it. Don't stress over it. It's going to come once you find yourself and you straight. You got your crown. You got your throne. You got your money. It's going to come. You're going to be good. You know? but, but look, for all of that to work, both persons got to be on the same page. If one person not on that same page... That thought, that thought of that marriage is already dead. And I don't even worry about that. Because if you, if you what guy wants you to be at, then when he send you somebody, they're going to already be there. So right now, it's like, you know, like, just test the waters. Like me, I test the waters. Okay, I'm going to get with you. I'm going to have a committed relationship with you. But I'm testing to see, okay, what, where your mind at? You know, I ask you questions, see where your mind at, what you think about. Is you just thinking about today and tomorrow? Or is you thinking about 10, 20, 30 years trying to come up with a plan? Because I'm trying to... Measure it out, you know. All right, so this is my question to you. So you know the saying, you can't turn a hoe into a housewife. Mm -hmm. So how do you feel about that statement then? Because you just say you test the waters. I feel if God can work with anybody, you know. So if God want me with this person, God say, all right, look, I'm with this person, even though this person not. But still, God going to work that out. So how you know if God's something? How you don't know if it's You got to pray on that one. All right. I got a question for you guys. Um, so, do you think that our generation is just so far gone that that you said hookup culture, right? We have a lot of hookups, and I agree with that. Or do you think it's more of um, that people have been hurt so much that they are scared to try to put into a relationship? That loyalty is a lost concept now. I feel like it's a little bit, bit of both. With the the so far gone little idea, I feel like it has to do with society and the media most likely. With the recent current celebrity icons like Cardi B, 
future. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> like influencing our younger right. generations into thinking that like cheating and like you know having premarital sex is good and like there's nothing wrong with it with drinking and stuff like that. Right. It's just it just influences influences them and it poisons their mind into thinking like all that type of stuff. And I agree with you on that. Social media, it social media ruined everything for marriage because you know now girls think they could be hot girls or boys think they could be you know that you think they could be that per that dude all the time you know cheating and all that and thinking they gonna get a whole a whole or a wife that's not cheating on you're not gonna you can't be living as you in the world and expect you gonna get a loyal girlfriend I mean a loyal wife that's just not gonna happen. So, what would be your advice for someone that's seeking um, a true marriage, or a marriage, uh, the idea of just a loyal partner, someone to, as you said, build with? I'm going to tell you right now, work on yourself. Yep. That's the most important thing. Work on yourself. Don't no guy want no broken dude. Don't no dude right. want no broken guy. If you broke, you don't got no money. Whatever. Look, it's not about money. It's not about what you have. You drive a good car. down me none. It's about your mindset. Because if you don't have a car, but you got the mindset to get one, you're going to get a car. So it's about your mindset. Work on yourself, build better, and elevate your mind. And all that come naturally. But this is my question to you. So you don't believe money could change a person's perspective? If you're a money person, then yeah. I'm not a money person. Right. You know, if you broke. <laughs> <laughs> right, but look. But look, if you broke and I give you the play to make some money mm -hmm. and you follow that play, you know, move for move. Now you have some, you ain't broke no more. So, but let's just be honest here. Most females in this world, they're not going, they're not going, they're not marrying a man who has that they got more income than the man that's that did. Cause if anything, they're the man in the household, right? Okay, I'm following where you're going, but this thing though, it's like it's two sided. I can't say okay, a female marry a dude for money. Dudes be marrying some of these females for money. This this is a totally different time. We just keep it real. I done seen dudes okay, you know, she got a little bread, and you know he driving her Ultima around and stuff now. Right. You know what I'm talking about. Right. So so we we keep it real. You know right. at that point that's that's what they really about. You know they're not really about trying to get better and be better. They just about living off of what that other person have. Right. And that's not a marriage at that point. I feel you on that. In my view, what is the significance of church and a preacher is simple. You need you need a person that has that authority, authority in the realm, and that simply hear from God. Because I'm just gonna be honest. With, I'm just gonna be I'm gonna be honest. Most people that say they hear from God, they're not really hearing from God because the people that say they be hearing from God be saying God talk to them every day. God, if he says something, he ain't going to say too many words. He's going to say something clear and sweet and you, to make you get it and just like that. He ain't going to do too much talking. So you need that authority, that person that got authority in the realm, a rank in the realm, that have favor with God, you know, to hear what God is doing in our life. That was a good answer. That was a good answer. I'm going to um, simple it down just a little bit. Um how the preacher and the church is significant, especially nowadays, is foreign, um, as a, a new generation, it requires uh, a new preacher. You know, the same old things won't attract the youth today that it did years ago. 
So for one, you need to have a preacher that connects with the youth. You can't have um, an old Baptist preacher that's gonna, <laughs> <laughs> you know, that's gonna. They're not gonna pull in um, today. Today's youth is attracted to something new, and I find that a lot of churches have some. It could be toxic cultures. Some churches are dead. Um, so you need to have a combination of both. You need to have. Um, an exciting preacher, a preacher that connect, can connect with the youth, adults, the our elderly, and you need to have a church with good culture, good morals. Um, it's pretty much like a family, and that, that's what I say. I have to agree with you on the old Baptist thing. You know, you really got to have a preacher in a church that is more open and more modern to the younger mind. With if the preacher or the church is still sticking to the old ways then you're not really going to reach that younger audience and they're going to want to avoid the church as much as possible because it's not really for them. And I would have to say that the church and a preacher is significant because it gives them, it sets them on the right path. It makes them, it cleanses their soul for a bit and it sets them on the right path to make sure that they're doing the right thing. And it gives them a father figure, or if it's a female preacher, maybe a mother figure that'll help guide them if they didn't have that in their life. Nah, that's, I gotta agree with all y'all though. Like, when I, like, I really think about it, it's like the importance of church, the importance of a preacher. Well, it's different for everybody. You know, what you need is not what I need, what I need is not what you need. So, the importance is going to come down to that individual, meaning you need to have a church and have a preacher who is very well-rounded. He understands, you know, okay, how it is to go without, you know. Not everybody can relate having your lights cut off. You don't, you can't get no food. You don't got no heat in them. Some people can't relate to that, you know. So then you have other people, they can't relate to how it feels to drive a Bentley how it feels to drive Mercedes and stuff like that. So you you get a culture, you get people, and you get to looking at each other, and it's like, well, you up there living a the high life. Well, you down there, you broke, you poor. Which, which, you see, but, and it's because of that, it's like it almost creates jealousy, and you can't have that, that family that a church is. And that's that's all a church really is, a family. And the preacher, with him being very well-wounded, he, he brings it all together. And he's able to distribute to each individual what they need, why they're here. You know, it's a hospital. We all come in because we are sick, not of, like, medical or in that, but we are sick in the flesh. The flesh is dying, and we're coming to seek salvation, right. you know. So if we're going to get that, then, for one, we have to be united. We got to work together, you know, respect each other, love on each other, and stuff like that. Right. But you can't do that if you're looking at that person because they're at the top, and you're looking at each other, funny side-eyes, stuff like that, you know. So... I feel like the importance of the church and the preacher is to unite and make the community stronger, to give the communities a place where when they don't got nowhere else they could go, they could come to the church. And that's for all generations. Right. And I like that what you said. You said the church is like a hospital. And, and that's true. The preacher is like the, the, the surgeon that do surgery on all the members. You know, you never know what predicament or what situation one person going through, but the preacher know how to you know how to surgery and do you know how to make it work so I like what you said with that that was good 
Okay, so it seems like we all was pretty much on the um, same page. The same, same way page. with that. Yeah. Right. <laughs> right. So, I would say that we have a lot of sick people out here because there's currently no not a lot of people that's attending church right now. Right. Yeah. So, what would you say? Do you think that's a uh, that's like because of the preacher? Do you think that's because of the church? I'm do you think honest. it's a mixture? I'm gonna be honest with you. First, I'll say it's the it's the men. It's the men because nowadays you see churches is filled with mostly women. I believe if the men was to be the head in the family and would start at night, I mean initiating, all right, we go into church, then we will see a whole family of churches in there. So I believe it starts with the men. And I'm gonna be honest, like when I really think about it, and we looking like okay, men versus women, okay, when. What I realized, like just going through the stuff that I go through in my everyday life, men is very hard to really control themselves. Like really, you, it's hard to have a conversation. Ladies, y'all know us men, we hard to talk to. I understand. I, we hard to talk to, you know, because y'all trying to talk to us and we take things left, we go right. And I feel like in the church that woman gets that attention and she gets what she needs. That's why you see it's more women in the church because when she can't get at home, she could come here and she can get what she needs, she get that attention or she get that warm touch from sister so-and-so or something like that. I man probably ain't never gave her a hug and say she beautiful in the past month. Right. But you come to the house, you know, and the woman, oh, girl, I like them shoes, I like that dress. She get that love and affection. But for us dudes, we we don't really be wanting that love. And we be like, man, what do you know? Move around. We don't want to talk. We don't want to socialize. We want to go get money, do what we do, and be done. So I feel like it's, it's lacking because, you know, the, I hear a lot of people like, oh, I got to get myself together first. Not realizing, so, you know, you come to the house, the house will get you together. And so because men have a hard time accepting help, reaching off for help, and seeing their own faults in themselves, you know, that's why they, it's, it's lacking in men, you now, know. This is my question to you. What you mean, what you mean by, they don't, by men don't want to receive love? What type of love are you talking about? Like, okay, so, for example... If, as a man, if we going through something, all right, let's say, you know, we, let's say we cheated on our wife or something, or we dealing with multiple females or something, mm -hmm. all right, people going to come criticizing, oh, this is down to everybody, blah, 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 and oh, like, we don't want to hit that, we don't want to hit that, you know, so we're going to naturally stray away from and run away from places where we know we're going to get criticized. That's why it's very important preachers don't criticize the people. You know, when you preaching or when you work with people, don't criticize the people for their humanity. You know, you address it, you deal with it and teach them and show them, but you don't criticize and attack them. And I feel like a lot of churches has criticized and attacked the humanity of people like they're perfect and it's pushed people out of the church. And now they don't want to go and get that help because they don't want that help and love because it's going to hurt because you're attacking them, you're criticizing them, you know. Right, but... Well, I got a, I got an attack on something that you said. Amen. You said a married man cheated on his wife. That's what you said. As an example. As an okay. example. All right. But that it sounds like that's just a man don't want to hear about his wrongdoing. That's really what it sounds like. And that's what it come down to. Right. So you believe it's just a man don't want to face the face the wrongs. Amen. So that's why I'm mean, not in the church. You believe? That's part of it. Gotcha. All right. You said. Um, for preachers not to criticize, and I, I agree with that. But at the same time, 
we as men still have to accept some form of responsibility. So would you say that there is a way for preachers to address it, address, and address it in love and not criticize? Yes, there is. Okay. All right, guys. So that's so to get more men in the church. So that's going back to that question we had earlier. So the preacher would have to watch how he say things. Watch how he say. Watch so, how he move. So to not offend. Mm, not. Mm-hmm. But ain't in the things of God. You have to offend somebody to turn them from their exactly. wicked ways. But it's not how you. It's not what you say. Right. It's how you say it. See, I could come and be like, man, you a straight up dog. You be dog if you. Want. But that would offend you. They'd be like, I'm a dog. What you mean? But if I come to you and say, well, you know. Don't treat so-and-so like this. If you're going to be with her, be with her. If you're not going to be with her, then leave her alone and mess with these people. Don't keep messing with her and trying to mess with them. So you see, it's about a way and how you say things, you know. I got I, I got to disagree with you. Yeah, that. I disagree with you, too. Because, <laughs> like, how you, how you expect someone to grow if... That preacher or somebody else is just gonna sugarcoat it or beat it. I mean, it's not sugarcoating. It's like basically it, what you and I don't mean to cut you off, bro, but it sounds like what you want. It sounds like you want the preacher to pacify a baby. Yeah. A man. It's not. I'm saying baby him, but what I'm saying is don't beat the man up on it. You know, some preachers like to announce stuff from the pulpit. So right. so you see, be don't don't beat the man. You gonna drop, look. You doing wrong? I've done what you're doing. This is what you're doing. You know what you're doing. I, you know what I'm saying? Right. But don't don't get that and you know blast keep him going in front. At, yeah, and, Sunday after Sunday. Yeah, after and keep blasting him in front of people and All stuff right. like that. So basically, you what know. you're saying, mention it one time and don't just keep repeating yourself on. Uh, put him to the side. Have, you know, candid conversations with him on the side. Right. You gotcha. know, don't discuss people personal business in the church. Keep All it separate. Right. You All want right. people to come back to the church. You know. It just like you said, go back to the church. Have to be a community, you know. In a community, you keep certain things in your home, in your in your little circle. And as things grow and you get more and more people to your church, you're gonna find, hey, maybe I need to start having more private one-on-one conversations with certain members to address certain things and stuff like that. But I got a question: Whose fault would that be if? I, I got to disagree with you on that but one, bro. it comes down to maturity as well. That too? It comes down to... Because some people, they just can't take rebuke. Right. So it comes down to maturity. Right. You know. So it's a two... It's really a two-week... We can talk about this all day. Because it, it goes so many different ways. It's a right. two-fold thing. One hand, you trying to you got the preacher to trying to be respectful and trying not to... And the other hand, you got this old sensitive person who don't want to accept responsibility and they're immature. Right. You see what I'm saying? So it's really a confliction. And you just need, that's what God steps in. He gives grace, he gives faith, and to resolve the situation. Right. That's why you have your, your pastors, and then you got your head. You, and it's, remember, it's, you know, kind of I, layers I of leadership that. is what I'm trying right. to say. I get what layers you're of to, That way that person don't just go straight to the preacher, and boom, he get killed. It's like, well, you know, you right. get worked up. Gotcha. So basically, what you saying? The churches. Yeah, I like this topic, though, bro. I like it. So basically, what you saying? The men gotta feel the church is like a safe house for him yeah. to 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 tell his humanity to the man of God, right? Yes, exactly. All you right, know. I feel you on that one. All right. Wow. So what a powerful conversation. Right. I mean, I, I've, I've enjoyed the talk. Um, with my brother is here, spending time with him to just speak some facts about life and 
things from my viewpoint to you guys on the conversations of you know what what is the what is the evidence of God in your life you know what is marriage to us like how do we view marriage and last but not least you know what's the importance of a preacher in the church you know these have really been some very powerful topics and there's more to come so tune in we will be back with more